What's up, guys? This is Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins. Today's episode, really excited to bring you guys a conversation with Locked On Colts crossover Thursday. Going to be talking Miami offensive issues and struggles, Indianapolis, some durability issues that are present for them. High stakes showdown between two AFC teams who came into this season with playoff expectations. And finally, a prediction from each of us on today's game. Let's get after it. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, all right, all right. It's Locked On Dolphins, and it is Thursday, September 30th, 2021. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, Managing Editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, Director of Scouting at the DraftNetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and a crossover Thursday episode of Locked On Dolphins here on the podcast stream for each and every one of you. I want to thank you for making Locked On Dolphins one of your first listens throughout the course of the day. Obviously, we're all busy people. We all got stuff going on, but that thirst for Miami Dolphins content and making sure Locked On Dolphins is a part of your day. Those of you who are enjoying and indulging in Locked On Dolphins for yet another NFL season, we thank you for your continued support. Now, today on the show, Locked On Colts, Locked On Dolphins, a true 30-minute slugfest, uh, which is, we're expecting a 60-minute slugfest between the Dolphins and the Colts on Sunday. Uh, as I mentioned on yesterday's show, I'm going to be there. I'll be there for the celebration of of life and career and accomplishment of Coach Shula on Saturday, and then I'll be there for the Dolphins showdown with the Colts on Sunday. I'm very, very excited to be there. If you guys are going to be at the game, you're going to tailgate, please hit me up, Locked on Fins, with a PH, or grinding the tape. On Twitter, either personal account or podcast account, I would love to link up with as many Dolphins fans as possible this weekend. It's going to be an opportunity for us to all get together, hopefully enjoy a Dolphins win. We're going to talk about the dynamics that are at play and what needs to take place for that to happen. And that is what we are going to do here on the show, starting right about now. Welcome in to our Week 4 NFL crossover special here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host of Locked On Colts, Evan Sattery, joined by the esteemed great Kyle Krabs of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Does great work as well for the Draft Network as well. Kyle, we are here for a intriguing week four match, if you want to call it intriguing, because I think it's going to be a really ugly game on Sunday between an 0-3 Colts team and a 1-2 Dolphins team. How are you doing today, man? I'm, I'd be better if these teams had a little bit more success early this season. I would will not lie to you. Um, I mean, these are these are two teams last year that combined for 21 regular season wins. You know, Indianapolis won 11, Miami won 10. Both teams came in with high expectations. Obviously, the quarterback situation for both teams was something that was supposed to be a point of excitement, and I don't think either teams necessarily got what they were hoping for to this point in the year. So, uh, it will be a high stakes game, right? Because the math says it. You know, if you if you're one and three, especially in the AFC landscape in Miami, and you've lost tiebreakers to Buffalo and Indianapolis and the Raiders already, you're not in a good spot. And from Indianapolis's perspective, if you go 0-4, you're definitely not in a good spot. So there's definitely going to be a sense of urgency, I think, at Hard Rock Stadium, even if it is, and I agree with you, going to be an ugly game. 
We're going to kick it off here with me asking questions to Kyle about the Dolphins, and we'll flip-flop for the second segment and then close it out with our predictions for this game. But let me ask you first off, Kyle, because it's been an issue with Tua for the last couple of years. He's once again out with an injury. He has a rib – I believe it's a rib fracture, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. on that. What was your takeaway with Tua so far this year from what you saw in a really brief sample size? And what do you think now with Tua being out? You're in the middle of the Jacoby Brissett experience, and Colts fans know that all too well at quarterback. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate because I was really looking forward to seeing how that Buffalo game in week two was going to evolve because the Bills came out and they effectively just gave the Dolphins two middle fingers and said, we're going to blitz the hell out of you until you prove you can beat it, and then we're going to back off. And uh, the Dolphins never beat it, and, and Tua was knocked out of that game within the first five minutes of game clock, and uh, I thought that was going to tell us a lot more than what the New England game did. Uh, obviously uh, Miami coming out with a blank script and having an opportunity to kind of hit new England with some new concepts that they hadn't shown on film. He executed it very well. And then you got to the end of game situation where he kind of throws one up into the clouds and it's intercepted and it put the game at risk. And the defense made a play and bailed him out. So, uh, it's been ups and downs. Um, and, and I think the, the point of anxiety with a lot of dolphins fans, of course, is, kind of the rumor mill that hangs over this team about a potential change at quarterback and and especially with kind of the off-field allegations involved with the individual uh, who we're not going to talk about because it's it's all speculative at this point but uh that that's kind of, Dolphins fans are stressed about the quarterback and uh the Jacoby Brissett experience was you respect the effort that he put forward you respect the toughness that he has he's got some ability to shrug off a, a would be sack in the pocket but the lack of accuracy showed up on Sunday against uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. And it was one of those things where uh, he put that ball high and, and upfield for Jalen Waddle on a, a dumb play call. If we're being honest on a, a little now screen or smoke to Jalen Waddle on first and 10 from your own one that resulted in a safety. And that totally flipped the momentum of that game. But uh, uh, I think Jacoby Brissett has probably earned some, some bo- bonus points with this team for his toughness. And obviously they were down 11 points with five minutes left or whatever it was. And, and, you know, he made some plays when he had to, but the, the variability of his play is just something that, that kind of reminds you why he's a backup. Yeah, absolutely. And Colts fans had that all in 2019. Just a lot of what I saw from Jacoby in Las Vegas was a lot of the same things. The Colts ran just a lot of quick concepts, kind of holding on the ball a little bit too long in the pocket sometimes. So we'll have to see how the Colts counter at Jacoby on Sunday when they play the Dolphins. But I just want to ask another quick quarterback question because it's so intriguing to me with the future of this Dolphins team. You have Jacoby Brissett out there. You have Tua Tagovailoa missing the next three games with his rib injury. Is the offense really that much different than what you saw? Because Tua has been known for the, at least a little bit of time in his NFL career. A lot of just the same things, short concepts, not really testing the ball down the field. Is it really that much different from the outside looking in from a Colts perspective with the quarterbacks? I, I think you do have to be mindful of different things. Miami was very geared towards RPOs with Tua Tagovailoa in. And uh, obviously the Buffalo game, they came in with a game plan catered to Tua and Jacoby tried to run it. Uh, Jacoby against Buffalo... I didn't see quite the same frequency of true RPOs where the offensive line is fitting up the run and then the quarterback has to make a decision in the mesh. Uh, so I, I think that that is a little bit more of a departure from you know, making sure if you're Indianapolis that you've got integrity with the number of hats that you have in the box versus the run. Whereas with Tua there, you know, they're going to make a jurisdiction based on how you line up, whether it's going to be a run or a pass no matter what. So um, Jacoby not being somebody who's really – 
quick twitch and and fleet of foot. I, I think those are things that uh, allow the offense with Tua to do more mesh point decision making in real time with RPOs. Whereas uh, for Jacoby, the responsibility is going to fall on him at the line of scrimmage to make sure you're into the right play, whether that be a pass or a run, but less of the true RPOs. But yeah, as far as depth of target, you know, they, they got training wheels on this passing offense right now, and they're not really looking to take shots. And I don't know if that's by design for we don't want to beat ourselves and have turnovers or what, but you know, they're taking sacks and getting penalties on the short game. So you might as well open it up and, and use some of this four, three speed. You got at wide receiver and try and loosen the defense up a little bit. Yeah. Speaking of those weapons, I love what Miami has. They have Jalen Waddle, huge fan in the draft process. You have Will Fuller as well. Another speedster from the AFC South from Houston. You also have Devonte Parker. Mike Gusecki is one of the more underrated tight ends in the NFL. This Colts secondary is a little wounded right now. Rocky Sin got hurt on Sunday. Corey Willis got hurt on Sunday. Xavier Rhodes is battling back from a calf injury. So, I mean, if Jacoby Brissett feels confident enough on Sunday, Kyle, this I think this Dolphins passing attack with their weapons could have their way against this secondary. What's your assessment of how this matchup goes between the Colts secondary and the Dolphins playmakers? Because if, if Jacoby is confident enough on Sunday to test them and the offensive line gives them some time, I think the Dolphins hold the advantage there. Yeah, I, I would say this. I, I certainly don't think that they're going to shy away from taking one-on-one opportunities. Jacoby took a number of one-on-one shots against the Raiders, uh, specifically to Devontae Parker. It seems like he's the guy that, you know, if there's tight coverage, that's the guy that they're going to trust to put it up, and it, it falls on Devontae to make a play at the catch point. And he's done a, a good job of that throughout the course of his career, but he is still inconsistent. Uh, they did dial up a deep shot to him against the Raiders, and Devontae tried to cradle it in over his shoulder instead of high-pointing the football, and it fell incomplete, and they didn't get a call on PI for it. So um, I think they'll take their shots, and, and obviously uh, good coaching in Miami. You know, the, the start to this year has been frustrating, but over the course of the first two years of the Brian Flores era, they've typically shown if they – sense that there is some blood in the water as far as injuries and, and a team being down. They typically do test that player's replacement early on in the game. So if these guys are down for Indianapolis defensively in the secondary, then um, maybe it is a, a 12 personnel max protect play action deep shot right off the jump. Just kind of see, all right, like, are you guys up to play or like, can we go get you? So um, I would not be surprised if Indianapolis does come into this game and dresses guys that, that, you know, might not necessarily dress off the practice squad, or if they got to go to the backups, if Miami doesn't try to get a sense for how game they are early on. Two more questions here for you, Kyle, don't flip the script and you'll ask me some questions. I want to hit on this offensive line because both teams right now are struggling, the Colts and the Dolphins on the offensive line. Mm -hmm. From the outside looking in, from the Colts, they have DeForest Buckner in the middle of the defense. He could be a huge game wrecker on Sunday. How does this offensive line stack? Because I feel like it's kind of regressed from what we've seen last year from Miami. It's really hard to, to get a feel because they keep playing musical chairs with who's lining up where. And the big decision that they made that you know a bunch of Dolphins fans on Twitter are questioning this week is they, they paid Eric Flowers $6 million to go away. Uh, after one year after paying him a three-year $30 million contract, they traded him for peanuts to go back to Washington. But here's the thing, like the offensive line play this year for Miami's not good, but Eric Flowers wasn't good. Like he definitely wasn't worth $10 million based on his play last year. So well, financially, obviously we have the big salary cap reduction. It came down to 175. So some tough financial decisions had to be made. And that was one of the guys on the chopping block for Miami. And I think they do themselves a little bit of a disservice by how often they're 
cross training guys or training guys to play multiple spots so that, you know, they kind of have that in case of emergency break glass will move so-and-so from left guard to right tackle and move the right tackle into right guard and, and, and all that kind of jazz. And you got a, a player in Liam Eikenberg from Notre Dame who is from your neck of the woods out there. And he played left tackle for three seasons for the Irish. He gets into to mini camp and they're training him at right tackle. And then he ends up and he switches over to left guard because they're trying to push Solomon Kinley because he showed up to camp overweight. And he's there for three weeks, and then they flip him back to right tackle, and then Austin Jackson gets COVID, and they start him at left tackle. So it's just like it's it's really hard to get a feel for the identity of the offensive line right now. And, yes, from a pass protection standpoint, the offensive tackles have been a nightmare. I think at least on the inside, you've got bigger body guys. They're all like 320-plus, um, where unless you're really able to stress them with your first step, which DeForest Buckner is perfectly capable of doing and can win those one-on-one matchups, um, I, it's not like you're going to put those guys on skids, but it's the guys on the outside who are really troublesome right now. Like Max Crosby got Liam really good a couple of times in the first half of that game, but I did think he settled down. So it's really just a matter of patience versus how far of a hole you're going to dig yourself into by trying to stay the course by keeping the offensive line approach that you have. Last one here for you, Kyle, just about this defense, because obviously they struggled the last two weeks. Josh Allen is in a whole other stress. one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Derek Carr looks legitimately good now this year so far in 2021. In week one, Mac Jones was the Patriots quarterback, and it was more of a game I think it's going to happen on Sunday. 17-16, the Dolphins win that game. Carson Wentz right now can barely move around the pocket. He's worse than Phillip Rivers was with two sprained ankles. He can barely move anywhere in the pocket. So how do you think this defense is going to bounce back this week against a Colts team with a wounded quarterback and not much of a running game right now because the offensive line is struggling so much? What do you think about this defense for Miami? Yeah, so so obviously the big regression for them is they were number one in the league last year in third down defense. And I think they're 29th or 30th in third down defense after three weeks and well, that regression is is very much real, but it's also very much uh, high level quarterbacks gave Miami fits in 2020 too. You know, if you're a guy who can move and get off your spot, and Josh Allen can obviously do that, and uh, Carson Wentz or excuse me, Derek Carr did that reasonably well. Miami has done a nice job in scheming and manufacturing pressures. It's been finishing those pressures and getting home and getting the quarterback on the ground that's been the problematic part. Uh, Emmanuel Agba for them has been tremendous. And Jalen Phillips played more, the the number 18 overall pick, played more against the Raiders than he played in the first two weeks combined. And he looked pretty good. He actually flat-backed Alex Leatherwood on, on one uh, speed-to-power conversion. So uh, I do think if Carson Wentz struggles to get off his spot because of the the issues with his ankles, uh, I do think they will look to to really collapse the pocket around him. And uh, obviously they've done a nice job in, in manufacturing. Brandon Jones had the safety, had two sacks against the Raiders with, with manufactured rushes. So I think they'll probably look to test him early on. They'll look to, um, I agree with you with the assessment of the, the parallels with the Patriots game, where I think you look at the weapons that the, the Colts have outside in Miami with Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, they're probably going to like their chances to play one-on-one in those situations, play in their face, stack the box and really try and collapse the pocket around Carson. Great stuff right there, Kyle. We can flip the script. Now we're back after this commercial break to talk through what Kyle has to think about this Colts team who is now 0-3 for the first time in 10 years. Dolphins fans, Colts fans, listen up. 
we need to talk about our good friends at Get Upside. Listeners on the Locked On Network are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up their tank. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash pack per gallon. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much to two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift cards such as Amazon or other brands. That's Get Upside promo code TOUCHDOWN to save up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank back here on a crossover thursday edition of the on the locked on network i am kyle krabs of locked on dolphins with evan sittery of locked on colts and just got done putting me through the ringer here about the miami dolphins who are underwhelming to say the least to, to start the year and uh, unfortunately, we are two birds of a feather with the start that each one of these respective teams have had. Um, I guess my first question for you, Evan, around the Colts is how much of the struggles with Indianapolis can be pointed to the fact that they have played three teams in Seattle, Los Angeles, and Tennessee that are perceived to be playoff quality teams versus how much of their struggles are self-inflicted wounds, and, you know, holes on the roster that that you have a hard time reconciling? No, that's a really good question because I think part of it is because of that tough schedule. Obviously, Seattle, Los Angeles, two of the best teams in the NFC. I know Seattle's one and two, but they have the number one offensive DVOA through three weeks, so they're right up there as far as elite teams, in my opinion. Tennessee, of course, they're always going to be really good with Derrick Henry, their playmakers they have, but a lot of this Colts team is a, a really different from what we've seen the last four or five years, in my opinion. Just so many undisciplined mistakes. We see Zaire Franklin get a block punt last week, but he hits the punter on the way down. They're trying to get a two-minute drill down the field. Zach Paschal, instead of trying to get on the line, tries to try to fight two guys last week and, and with about 30 seconds left on to try to get in field goal range. It's just really undisciplined what this Colts team looks like so far, and it's just not a good look for them. Really different from what we've seen the last couple of years. And then Frank Reich, too, the uh, play caller, obviously the head coach for the Colts, struggling horribly in the red zone so far. They've converted four of 11 trips in the red zone, four touchdowns, the worst in the NFL. Just execution, just players not really living up to their overall standards right now. Darius Leonard struggling right now, $100 million linebacker. He's not playing anywhere close to it. He's dealing with an ankle injury, but he only has 17 tackles through three weeks. DeForest Buckner, he's pretty much been relegated to nothing right now because you can double team DeForest Buckner and the guys around alongside him have not done anything at all. Ben Banigou, Taekwon Lewis, Kamoko Ture, they've all been whiffed so far. They've had zero sacks, zero quarterback hits through three weeks. Quiddy Pay, he's actually been hurt this week. He re-aggravated a hamstring injury, so he might not play on Sunday for the Colts, which means it's going to be even worse pass rush for this team. But And the offensive line, I wanted to point that out real quick too because they have not been good at all. Quentin Nelson got hurt last week as well. They've allowed 31 quarterback hits on Carson Wentz. PFF actually said that Carson Wentz only is allowing 2% of those hits so far. So it's more so on the offensive line regressing to the mean here. So it's really just been a really tough start for this team. I think it's overall regression, but it's also, like you said, a tough schedule. But this Colts team right now, 
I have little to no confidence they're going to be getting back on track anytime soon. So I, I have a great deal of respect for Indianapolis and Chris Ballard and what he's been able to do with the course of his tenure, especially when you compare and contrast it to the the tenure of Ryan Grigson and kind of the team building approach that's taken place there. But uh, kind of the, the commitment to a quarterback I know was, was kind of a hot button topic for the Colts this off season. And he said something along the lines of effectively, you know, as soon as I make like that, that big time commitment to a quarterback, you guys are going to put me on the clock. So what is the temperature with, the Colts fan base and whatever your assessment is of the Colts themselves to Carson Wentz himself, because this was not a small investment. You know, it's not trading a bunch of first round picks to get up into the top five to draft one. Uh, But he didn't come with a small contract and and he's potentially going to come with uh, the cost of a conditional pick. That's a first round pick in 2022 for the Colts. Yeah, it's a really good question too, because Carson Wentz, he's not been the issue so far. I think the Colts probably would have won last week if Carson Wentz was fully healthy. Just the way he moves around the pocket, he's been saving this offensive line from probably 10 more hits in the first three weeks of the season, honestly. But Wentz, he's looked a lot better under Frank Reich. He's not taking he's taking care of the ball a lot better than what we saw in Philadelphia last year. Just one pick. Now he's on that really bad shovel pass in the end zone against Los Angeles. But outside of that, Wentz looks really good. He's playing more in structure. But like you mentioned, I think Chris Ballard and Frank Reich should be feeling a little bit warm. I wouldn't say overly warm, though, because they assigned five-year extensions both before the season started. So they can get out of this, too, with Carson Wentz. He can play 75% of the snaps, and they can get um, a first-round pick out of it. Obviously, I think if the Colts are out of it in December, I think it'd be complete malpractice, Kyle, if the Colts don't sit Carson Wentz the final four or five games of the season. If you want to give a potential top 15, top 10 pick to Philadelphia, I just don't see how that makes any sense for this team. But if they are fighting for a playoff spot down the line, I could see them just doing that to see what happens. But I think 2022 is the year to watch out for. If the Colts do commit more weapons to Carson Wentz, if they just build a better team around him, kind of push the chips in a little bit more in free agency next year, and they still are not a good team, if they still are barely making the playoffs, that's when I think it gets really warm for Ballard and Wright because they built a good team and they bet a lot on their young guys. But now a couple years down the road now, this 2018 rookie class thinks benefiting a lot helping balloon their overall status in the NFL because Quinn Nelson, Darius Leonard, Bray, and Smith, they're all really good players. But the 2019 draft, looking back on that in hindsight, looks really, really bad. The 2020 draft, Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman are good players. Outside of those two picks, not really good at all either. 2021, obviously, we'll have to find out more about it later on. But only about four or five good picks from this Colts team when you look back on it over the last three or four years. And I think, honestly, 2022 is your year to watch out for there because – Carson Wentz, he's going to be $15 million dead cap hit next year if they want to get rid of him. That's not going to happen. So it's a two-year commitment with Carson Wentz. I think 2022 is the year we're going to find out really what's going to happen with those two guys. So as we look more narrow-focused to week four between the Dolphins and the Colts, and I'm looking at at some of the the names that were on the injury report uh, for week three, Uh, it's uh, Jack Doyle, Eric Fisher, Darius Leonard, uh, who you mentioned is battling with an ankle injury, Xavier Rhodes, uh, Quentin Nelson, Carson Wentz. So, like, it, what of these names plus other names that maybe, you know, weren't on, haven't been dealing with injuries earlier in the season, should Miami fans not expect to see? Because that's obviously a, a big storyline for the Dolphins with Tua Tagovailoa being on injured reserve and they're starting nose tackle. Raquan Davis is on injured reserve. So, we already know, like, one of the better or more important players on both sides of the football for Miami are going to be out of these this game. So 
how does the scales work from the the football gods as it pertains to to durability and injury issues for the Colts? Yeah, I would say a lot of these guys I'm going to mention probably set out the game on Sunday. But with the season being on the line at this point for this Colts team, if they fall to 0-4, the season's over. They're not going to make be making a wild card run, especially being three games back of Tennessee and losing a game to Miami, who they're probably going to be contending with throughout the season for a wild card spot. So the season's on the line for them on Sunday. So I expect a lot of these guys to be playing on Sunday. Quentin Nelson, we don't know just yet. If it was more of a game where they're 1-2 and two or they're 2-1, and one, I think Quentin Nelson does, does not play in this game. But I think he's actually going to try to test it out with that sprained ankle on Sunday. Quiddy Pay, maybe the only guy I could see missing this game with a hamstring re-aggravation. He can't really do much on the outside of the guy. His juice, if he's limited with a hamstring, I have a hard time seeing him play in this game. Xavier Rhodes, he re-aggravated his calf injury. I do wonder if he misses this game. But I do think Braden Smith's the only guy I'm thinking about. Right tackle, he's probably going to miss this game on Sunday with a foot injury. He's been out since week one. He's not played the last two weeks. He looks like he's not going to be coming back anytime soon. Probably going to be short-term IR for him. So I'd say Braden Smith plays this or doesn't play this game. That's the only guy I'd probably put on that list. Maybe Xavier Rhodes, maybe Quiddy Pay, maybe Quentin Nelson, but I really doubt it with the season being on the line on Sunday. So I'd say just one or two guys on that list there. But this Colts team is going to be – this is their Super Bowl on Sunday pretty much. If they want to get this, this season right back on track, if they want to somehow make a run in the second half of the season where their schedule gets a little bit easier, I think that a lot of these guys are going to be playing on Sunday just out of necessity to try to save this season. So offensively, you know, we, we talked about the Dolphins and their skill players and looking at what the Colts have, um, who, who is the X factor for Indianapolis for if Miami wants to, to keep Indianapolis boxed in offensively, who is the skill player that they most need to be attentive to? I'm going to name two guys here. I think Jonathan Taylor is the obvious one. Just if you can't stop the run and if the offensive line has a good game against this Dolphins front four, I think they're just going to ride Jonathan Taylor the rest of the way. But I'm going to throw out Michael Pittman Jr. as well. He's number three in the NFL over the last two weeks and targets. He has 24 targets over the last two games. Looking really like a legit WR1 for this team with T.Y. Hilton being out. He's a true X factor on the outside there. He can do middle of the field, inside, outside stuff. He looks really good the last couple of weeks. And I'll throw out Naeem Hines, too, as another X factor. With Carson Wentz being immobile back there, he's really a really good check down player. He can run the ball as well. Average five yards per carry last week when Hines got touches. So I'd say those three guys. If you can if you can stop the run with Taylor, if you can stop Michael Pittman Jr., who I imagine Xavier, Xavier Howard or Byron Jones would be on him. And then Naeem Hines out of the backfield. Those are really the only three weapons for this team right now. Zach Pascal, he's just more of a red zone guy right now. He has three touchdowns in the red zone, but not much else. This wideout group really struggles creating separation. So I'm not really worried from Miami's standpoint against their wideout group. More so the running back duo, I would probably say, of Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor, because both those guys can give you some serious issues if you don't uh, do anything up front. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a friendly tip here. If you see Justin Coleman out there on defense for the Dolphins. Hope that the the Colts go after him in coverage because he struggled greatly against the Raiders. So that's my last question for you is who's the player out there in coverage for the Colts on defense that you kind of collectively hold your breath and say, oh boy, I hope they don't find him or I hope we don't get a mismatch that we don't like on this one because it, it doesn't it's not going well thus far this season. Yeah, I would have said before the season started Rocky Asen because he did not look good the first two years. He's actually been the PFF's top-graded defensive back for the Colts through three weeks, which is really surprising. At 89.8 grade last week against Tennessee as well. So he looks like he's taking sort of a mini leap right now. So I'll leave him off the list here. I'm going to probably go with, surprisingly enough here, because this guy's actually a really good player, but Kenny Moore has been quite frankly really bad in coverage so far this year. He's taken a really bad step back forward. 
I'd say if you're in a nickel, if you put Jalen Waddle in the slot, he's probably going to beat Kenny Moore more often than not. You can do the same thing with Devontae Parker on the outside. More plays on the outside as well. One guy I'll also mention here, he's more of just the in-the-box guy, but teams the first three weeks of the season have been testing him deep continuously and getting success. That's Curry Willis, the safety out of Michigan State, fourth-round pick of 2019, really struggling in pass protection. When they play that deep zone, more often than not, teams are trying to test that middle right side of the field. So I could see Miami taking some deep shots at Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddle in that middle of the field, and they can have some success. We saw Tyre Lock in the week one on that third and 20. Russell Wilson throws a, a moonshot 70 yards down the field for a touchdown. It's Jacoby Brissett wants to try it out that they could have some, have some success there. So uh, this secondary is really young for Indianapolis. If Xavier Rose doesn't play on Sunday either, I think they're in trouble against this playmaking group for Miami. Well, that's uh, that's a great little recap on both sides of the fence here. So stick with us. We're going to be right back in which we are going to give our predictions for what happens in week four. High stakes game between the Indianapolis Colts and the Miami Dolphins. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you've been shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, price of the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all of your auto parts needs and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Football season is back and better than ever. All eyes on the gridiron. Teams are back for college and NFL football. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for both this season. With a new updated site and interface with even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. We're back here on Crossover Thursday, Locked On Dolphins, Locked On Colts. Naturally, Evan, uh, I'm the home team, so I'm going to defer to you. I'm going to make you say it first. Your predictions for what is going to play out uh, on this week for AFC clash between Miami and Indianapolis uh, at Hard Rock Stadium in South Florida. Would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so the Dolphins are fair by two points right now, and the over-under, I believe, is 43. If you're out there listening, I would hammer the under in this game. I think it's hammer really the ugly. under. <laughs> hammer it. It's going to be really, really ugly, in my opinion. It's going to be one of those games where the first one of 20 points wins this game. I'm going to go with the Colts winning this one 20-13, but after, uh, after us conversing, Kyle, for the last 25 minutes, I don't feel confident about that at all anymore. I think Miami could win this game. It's a toss-up to me. I'm going to go 20 to 13 Colts. I think, I think this Colts team is just better in the trenches. I think it's a, it's a good get back game for them. John Taylor has a big game. So I'll go 20 to 13, but I could easily see going in the opposite direction there. If Miami's playmakers get going, if their defense can shut down Michael Pittman Jr. on the outside, Carson Wentz could be completely immobile in this game. He's going to be statue back there. So if they can get pressure on Carson Wentz, I think they're in trouble. But I'm just going to go my gut prediction and say 20 to 13, but I do not feel confident about that at all. 
Yeah, uh, I, I'm not even going to say a team gets to 20 in this football game, to be honest with you. Um, naturally, you know, as the host of Locked On Dolphins, you see the, the get up behind me here in my, my home office. I am going to pick the Dolphins to win this game. It's at home. The Dolphins, they got a crafty little uh, engineering trick on their hands at Hard Rock Stadium. They've engineered the canopy in the stadium that the last thing for a 1 o'clock kickoff to remain in the sunlight is the opposing team's sideline. And uh, they, they wait until about midway through the third quarter for the shade uh, to hit with the way that the sun comes down there at Hard Rock. And um, I, I do think Miami, they, they kind of wasted that season opener against Buffalo. They do usually wear white at home, kind of trying to get as much of a home field advantage for heat absorption as they possibly can. Um, and I like their chances against an immobile Carson Wentz. Uh, to really squeeze the pocket. I think both teams' defenses is going to have an advantage over the opposing team's offense. As I said, I don't think any team gets to 20 points in this game. So you can go ahead and put me down for 17-14 Dolphins win at home. Uh, but this is going to be a very closely contested game. And, and as you pointed out, Evan, there's a lot on the line for both of these teams. There's going to be a lot of urgency. And I said this, um, I had an opportunity to do a crossover with with Ted Wynn uh, of the athletic talking about the Raiders uh, on Saturday ahead of that game. And it, I, I really felt like, you know, that's is the three or four bounces of the ball going to go one team's way or another team's way. And the Raiders in week three got those bounces that Miami didn't. And I feel the exact same way on this kind of game where just the dynamics are very, very close. It's going to be, there's three bounces of the ball on three critical plays throughout the course of the game. Whoever gets two or more of them is going to win this football game, but it's going to be close. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's going to be one of those games where it comes down to the very end. I think only Dolphins fans and Colts fans are going to watch this game unless you just like yeah. subjecting yourself to torture. Just watching this one, it's going to be a really ugly game, but I I, I, I could go either way with this one. It's going to be one of those games where if Miami loses, your mentor's going to be on fire saying, do this, do this, do this. If the Colts lose on Sunday – my mention to like fire everyone. So it's, it's one of those games where it's a lot of high stakes and everything matters in this week four matchup. Yep. Um, we will, we will say here's to good health and here's to an enjoyable week four contest. Evan really appreciate you linking up and us talking a little bit of football here in a locked on crossover Thursday. Appreciate it. Kyle. Have a good one. That's going to do it for us. Thanks as always for tuning in your team every day. We don't just say it. We live it here on the locked on podcast network. Thanks as always for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your weeks and enjoy week four of 2021 NFL action.